passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to Behind Enemy Lines, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Listen in as we go in-depth with beat writers that cover Tiger opponents. What's the vibe around their team? What are the matchups to watch out for? Who will win the game? All these questions will be answered. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome back to Go Tigers 247's Behind Enemy Lines. This is week number two of Behind Enemy enemy lines and we have a very special guest it is week two memphis versus navy and i've got joe miller who is the color commentator for the navy radio network joe what's up man thanks for joining me hi great to be here i'm looking forward to college football underway so obviously things didn't go the right way for both of us during week one so we're looking to uh, rectify that week two how good is it to have college football back though (laughs) it is amazing i mean especially with this, you know, Labor Day weekend and everything like that. I mean, with a game every, you know, day and look, uh, you know, where we're at in the mid-Atlantic region, obviously there's a lot of NFL teams, but my number one passion is still college football. And it, 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 uh, it it doesn't disappoint usually. (laughs) Obviously we have had some of the weirdest couple of years in college in sports really. And, and not even just in sports, but in this world, it's been a, pretty crazy couple of years with COVID and things like that. Does it feel like it does in Memphis where things are in Annapolis? Does it feel like things are kind of back to normal? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, um, you know, being back at the press box this weekend, there was no restrictions. There was no, you know, mass, you know, the, you know, the food was out, you know, last year was or last couple of years. It was boxes. And, you know, the first year obviously was a really, um, tough year for Navy. I, I think trying to deal with it, trying to deal with some of the military restrictions that go around it, um, and trying to be as safe as possible and do the right thing. Um, head coach Kenny Amatololo, one of the things he talked about was like, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I'm trying to do the best for my players. You know, these these parents send these kids to me, and I'm trying to work, look out for all of them and try to figure out the best way to get through it because there was a ton of unknown. And I think out of that, uh, it does feel like, Things are back to normal. There's, um, you know, they're meeting and there was restrictions on weight room time. It was a it was a lot that was going on at the academy, especially that first year. And I think for the first time, things do feel like it, it's back to normal and everything is uh, you know full speed ahead. You know, I didn't even think about that aspect of it. The fact that, you know, obviously Navy being a military institution, you guys probably had a little bit different protocols in place than than most college institutions it's interesting that 
you know, there's a lot of unknowns, I guess, for you guys, especially, you know, being a part sure. of the of the military, right? Yeah, I mean, it, look, it, it changed, you know, at different times. But early on, I mean, they were sequestered on the grounds of the United States Naval Academy. They could not leave. So, um, you know, and and that was a strain on, on a lot of people. And, you know, basically they were only let out, and this was early on, let out uh, out of the rooms to sort of get some fresh air and then they had, had to go back. Uh, and it was a, it was a tough time. I, I think everybody kind of struggled with trying to figure out what was best, but yeah, definitely. Um, it was a, a weird time because I remember early on talking to even last year, going into last year, there was a, they have a massive weight room, just a ginormous weight room, but there were still limits on how many people could be there at a, at the same time, even though it's this giant building, you know, they were restricting access for, you know, so guys would have to go and look, time is valuable at the United States Naval Academy. I mean, everything is <laughs> sort of structured out. So to have these situations where, hey, you can go get a lift for 45 minutes, but then another group has to come. And then we have to realize that we got to work this within the frame of their schedule and some of the military commitments. It was it was daunting. And um, and all that's gone. But, yeah, it was it was a it was a weird situation. Even, you know, two years ago, I, you know, leading up to that game against BYU. I mean, Navy didn't, I mean, they practiced, but there was no contact and BYU was full bore. And it was, you know, we kind of went into that game sort of trying to figure out what does a team that has been practicing look like a team that hasn't been hitting each other. And, and I think you saw what happened on the field. And um, so, yeah, I, I think they, they, they've worked through all that. It's back to normal, but yeah, there was some, it was definitely a unique situation. Uh, for the first couple years, I mean, the last two years under under some of the restrictions. Well, like I said, it it definitely has been a weird couple of years. It feels like things are back to normal. Obviously, not to take away from the fact that COVID is still a reality that the families' sure. lives are being affected by it, but it definitely is nice to have some of those restrictions um, released off of these programs. So. Um, I wanted to jump into the kind of the history of of Memphis versus Navy. Obviously, since Navy joined the AAC in 2015, was it 134 years of independence from a conference? Yeah. In, yeah. Two, <laughs> in 2015, I mean, that's a huge, huge, um, I guess, a jump or a leap into, you know, playing for a conference and and yeah. the Tigers and the Midshipmen have played each other seven times now since 2015 it feels like Navy and Memphis are always every year going to play each other, which is, I love it. Honestly, I love my dream is to get up to Annapolis and see a game. I, we were talking about it actually in Starkville with a couple of media members um, for yeah. Memphis. And I'm be, I'm going to be honest with you, man. It, it, for a lot of our media members in Memphis, it's kind of a, a bucket list slash we, you, when you get to go up there to Annapolis and see a game, it's just a different sure. vibe up there. What, what's it like in Annapolis during a, during, during football season? Yeah, it is. It's certainly a different vibe. I mean, it's interesting, you know, we, you know, I've been on the crew now, I guess this is my ninth or 10th year. Uh, and we, you know, when we were independent, I mean, we went to, you know, well, obviously we go to Notre Dame every other year, but we also played at Penn state and we played at Ohio state. And, you know, we had those big game environments uh, but I, you know, the first matchup to me with Memphis was uh, uh, as big a game that first year with Paxton Lynch and you guys were rolling pretty uh, well along there. And that was, you know, Memphis was in the top 25. The Liberty Bowl was rocking. And I, I remember that game and thinking, uh, this is just is why they joined a conference. But yeah, the vibe 
Indianapolis, you know, it's the pageantry. It's everything. You know, it, it's interesting. I try not to because I've been, at, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I've been trying to, I, I try to sort of not just take it, in, like, just say, oh, this is what it's, you know, like at every, you know, every game. I try to say, like, this is a special, and it is special. I mean, I always get chills. One of the things that is a, is a small thing, but I don't, it, it always affects me is that during, after the walk-on, um, the march-on, excuse me, of the, the midshipmen, right before uh, they get off the field, they do like, a, they sort of uh, tip their cap and they sell out, they, they say, you know, go Tigers if it was Memphis there, or they, you know, go Delaware and, and tip the cap to the visiting fans. And that, that, that doesn't happen anywhere else. No. I always love that little moment there because it's like, you know, welcome, but also like, you know, we appreciate, you know, we, we respect. And I think that's, I try to respect it as most as much as possible. And I think that's the thing that always gets me as I, as I try to, you know, put, you know, put myself into the fact that, you know, this is a unique situation. I, you know, I love going to some of the road stadiums, but it's just different. And, and I, I try sometimes, I don't want to be over sappy because, you know, I, I understand that people don't, that don't get to experience it all the time. Like it is, it, it is really cool environment. Um, and I, and, you know, I, I try to make sure that, you know, um, you know, I don't become too sappy and too over dramatic, but it is really fun. It is great environment. And it's just different. It's different than anywhere else, you know, we get to go. And, um, and that's what, uh, that's what makes it special, but it, it's just a, it's a sense of uh, family. It's a sense of America. It's a sense of uh, duty. Um, it, it's a sense of um, commitment to something. I mean, it, it just throw, you know, all those adjectives that you throw out there. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. You know, in a, in a in a time time period in this country where everybody is, it feels it feels more divided than I think it probably already than it, than it really actually is. There's something about when you go onto a military installation like like the 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 Navy Institute or institution and go, this is just beautiful here, man. Like the there there this is we're playing a game and this is nice. Like it's fun to play a game against each other, but in the end it's much bigger than what we're actually, um, it's much bigger than just the game. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a sense of like family, even though you're not like, like you're not literally family. It's there's a sense that there's something that ties you to somebody else, which is I think unique in that environment. And look, the, the, the midshipmen come from all around the country. I mean, that's the other thing. It, you're, you're basically, you know, every state is represented there. Uh, it, it's a, it's a melting pot, but there's all, there's this, 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 this common link that sort of binds everybody that, yeah, we understand what, what's going on there. And I think that's part of it. That makes it's, I don't know, it's comforting, I guess, more than anything, think, <laughs> you know, it's that. I think comforting is a know? great word. I think comforting is a great word for it. Yeah. Yeah. So but if you get it, if you get a chance to come up here, come up here, tour the campus it is one of the best campuses like you'll you'll be get blown away by how nice the campus is like it is right on the water on the banks of the severn take a tour get out get over there and, and get a look at it and then uh obviously you know stop on by in the booth one time and we'll we'll, we'll talk so yeah definitely come up one time Kaylee 
Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. in terms of the football teams, man, like I said, the Tigers and Midshipmen have played each other seven times since 2015. Overall record right now is four to three going Memphis's way, but it, I mean, the Tigers have had to go on a three-game winning streak to get there um, over the past three seasons, but, you know, Memphis and Navy have become pretty much yearly opponents at this point. Um, How do Navy fans and the team really view this game against Memphis every year when it comes up on the schedule in the off season, how do, how do Navy fans view this game? I think most fans look, especially with, you know, UCF Cincinnati leaving, uh, you know, those programs leaving. Um, I think they look at Memphis as you know, the top tier, one of the top tier programs in the AAC, the team that, you know, you have to focus in on and look, this series has been dic- uh, dictated almost exclusively by home field advantage. I mean, 100%. um, you know, that's, that's been the difference, you know, in these games, it's, you know, they've been some crazy games, um, some really, um, you know, important games. We played, you know, some prime time, you know, I, I think we played a Thursday night game. Obviously that first game was a Saturday night game that was on ESPN plus on ESPN uh, two. And that was a big deal. But I, I think people in general look at Memphis as one of the stronger teams in the AAC and sort of the, um, you know, what you're trying to get to in the AAC. And that's the, the upper echelon of the conference. The other thing for Navy, uh, for whatever, you know, they have a couple roots in Tennessee, uh, but they've had, I think, three of their last six captains have become from uh, not only Tennessee, but the, Mem- the greater Memphis area. So for whatever reason, obviously, Keenan Reynolds was from uh, Tennessee, one of the all-time. Kip Franklin, who's a captain on the team this year, is, uh, I believe, from just outside of, of, of Memphis as well. Uh, so it has been, um, it's not only been like, a, you know, a, a little rivalry, it's been a because so many players are from the Tennessee area. Navy has recruited so many players from Tennessee. Like it's become like a, almost a second homecoming for a lot of those players getting back to play uh, in the Liberty bowl. So as I've taken a look at, you know, Navy's history, um, you know, you look at the coach, you look at coach and you look at the, the, just the, the idea of, of the Navy football team and, 
There's one word that I would use to describe it, and that's consistency, right? Like consistency has been a key word to describe this team, this, you know, the the institution as a whole. Um, your coach has been there at the helm since 2007. And during that time frame, there's only been three seasons that he's been under 500. You know, the last two seasons were obviously yeah. two of them. But um, consistency is such an abnormal word in, in coaching, especially in coaching. <laughs> in today's college football ethos like why is it why is co- consistency and loyalty so different at navy especially regarding the the tenure of your head coach well i think the first thing you when you ask coaches that even not not only head coaches not even the football program other programs they say it's the kids it's the i mean these are really like i again i hate to you know be you know over dramatic but these are really great kids that are high achievers and have done great things and they're good people. And, and I think the first thing is you get to coach these kids. The second thing I think is for, especially for head coach Kennedy Matalolo, and he's talked about this a lot. I mean, there was times where, you know, he almost left to go to BYU. Um, there was also a time where he almost left to go to Arizona. So there's been other programs that have come calling, but you know, he's talked about it. Like even before he was the head coach, he was an assistant here. He's basically been here outside of one year since 2000. And wow. it becomes a part of, you know, his family, it's where he raised his kids. He talks about it all the time. This is, you know, this has become, you know, next to his faith. I think this is, you know, this is, and his family, this is, this is very important to him that he's the head football coach at Navy and he gets to work with these kids and he, he gets the opportunity to see them day in and day out and see them grow. And I think that's a big part of it. I mean, um, it's, it's certainly a nice place to live and everything, but I think it's the, it's the, it's the kids that every coach you talk to, at, you know, depending on, you know, I work with a lot of different programs there doing their games and it's, it's, that's the consistency there. They say I'm blessed to, to work with these kids more than anything. So coming into this year, you know, we, obviously there's, there's expectations that are placed on each football team and, you know, obviously Navy under coach Niamatololo has, has had a couple of years of, of, of not, being as successful on the field as they would sure. like to be coming into this year. What was the vibe around the Navy team? Well, I think they were excited. I mean, I think that's the thing out of last game, last week's game against Delaware. There was going into it. There was a lot of excitement. They were really excited about, you know, not being a COVID year to have a true off season. There was some excitement about the, uh, they played much better down the stretch last year. I mean, the last three or four games, you know, East Carolina beat them on a, uh, you know, 56-yard field goal at the buzzer last year. Uh, you know, they had the ball late with a chance to beat Cincinnati uh, in Annapolis. Um, you know, they obviously beat Army, which was a big deal. They beat Temple late in the season. So I think they were thinking that there was some carryover from last year, a uh, returning starting quarterback, which they haven't had uh, in three years here with Ty Lavatai coming back at quarterback. So I think that's the, you know, that's going to be interesting to see on Saturday is that you had this buildup, you had the ex- excitement, and it kind of fell flat on Saturday against the Blue Hens. So how do you get back in that mode and get back to what you thought? And I think there were some positives. There's no doubt. I thought the defense, a lot of young guys on the defense flashed. So there's some good things there. Um, but I think the, 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 there was a big excitement level about what they were going to be this season. And I think now you have to recover and regroup after losing that game. And, and you know, uh, you know, you had three bad turnovers. It kind of put them behind the eight ball. They battled back and, they had a chance to tie it late uh, driving there, and they, they, you know, just obviously did not get it done in that situation. So it's, you know, a lot, 
is going to be interesting this week. We haven't had a chance to talk to coaches or anybody yet, but it's going to be, you know, how do you recover? How do you get over that disappointment? And how do you move forward? But I still think there's some building blocks there that they're excited about, especially on the defensive side of the football field. I think um, generally speaking, talking to some of the coaches, they think this is the, the, they've said it multiple times. This is the most athletic group they've had as a team. And I, it, watching the defense on Saturday, it has the potential to be one of the best defenses they've put on the field in a long time. Maybe. Obviously, you mentioned Ty Lavatai. Lavatai. Is it Lavatai or Lavatai? Lavatai. Lavatai. Yeah, Lavatai. Um, him coming you had back. It first, right? <laughs> uh, listen, I'm, I'm, from Mem- I'm from Memphis. I'm from the South, man. I don't ever trust my pronunciations on names, to be honest with you. Um, so I appreciate you helping me. But um, with you know him coming back, and obviously the quarterback is the most important position, I think, in all of sports. You know, both yeah. – both Memphis and Navy have returning um, starting quarterbacks, so there wasn't really necessarily a um, a question mark, I guess, at that at that position for both teams. Um, obviously, you know, Seth Hennigan came into this offseason after having a fantastic year last year as a true freshman and had to win the starting job all over again against Grant Gannell, who, you know, ultimately ended up transferring away from Memphis because, because Seth won the job pretty quickly. Um Having having Ty Lavatai and the and the and you know him coming back as a starting quarterback um, is a huge deal for Navy. But but what are some other additions and losses to the Navy team that that we saw last year um, that take take the field? Yeah, I mean they were basically none of the guys that handled the ball were were coming back. You know any of the starters. So the B back, the full back, the A backs, which are the slot backs. All, all those players were gone. Uh, so you were looking at the coming into uh, Saturday against Delaware. It was the fewest amount of uh, touches that either the B-back group, which was basically one coming in the season, and the slot backs had combined. So they were basically completely new at the fullback position and the A-back position. And I think you saw some of the issues that they were trying to work through on Saturday with uh, some of the things that come along with that. You know, holding on to the football, the mesh point, which is so like it, the most important part of the triple option to get that initial match mesh between the quarterback and the fullback. So I think that was the big question mark coming into this weekend was the, the slot backs and the fullbacks. Basically there's only been a handful of guys that have seen any time uh, on the field. And we saw some of those issues pop up. Uh, so that was, that was probably the, the biggest, you know, uh, issue as far as experience um, on the defensive side, Gianni Brooks, uh, 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 who is one of their top linebackers. He, Obviously, uh, a big newcomer. They had, they're really excited. They have basically about three guys on the defensive side of the football field that they think are sophomores that are going to play well. And the, the tough thing is, freshmen rarely play at the Naval Academy just because of plebe summer, which is, a, you know, about a two and a half, three week um, sort of boot camp like thing, the best way I could probably explain it. Uh, so they don't really have a lot of expectations that freshmen will play. Um, they, uh, there are a couple on their depth chart, but mainly it was some of the sophomore class that they're really excited about. Tyler Fletcher, a linebacker who made a big play on Saturday. Um, but I think the biggest part of the offense coming in was trying to figure out the uh, fullbacks and the slotbacks, and I think they're still working through some of those issues. Was that weird to see? I mean, I know Navy has notoriously been very, very stingy giving the ball up. Was that disconcerting to see in, the, in this game oh, yeah. against Delaware? Was it just like, what in the world is going on right now? They turned it over eight times last year, the entire season, eight turnovers. And they turned it over three times in the first 20 minutes of Saturday. Uh, And that just doesn't happen. And 
you know, talking to some of the people afterwards, uh, I, I think there was some big time frustration on the sideline because of that. And they tried to, and I think they tried to do too many things, you know, to, you know, overcompensate, if you will, maybe for some of those issues. But yeah, it was, um, I think, I think I looked at it last year. Uh, I think the last five games, five, five or six games, they only turned it over once. Um, so, and as I said, eight times the entire season. So it was completely, you know, they can't turn the ball over and win games. They just, it, it's tough for them to do. Um, luckily their defense kind of kept them in the game to allow them to have a chance there late, but, um, that's the first and foremost, you can't turn the ball over and that's, uh, that can't happen with this offense because you're looking at, you know, 12 possessions per game, um, when you're running the triple option and taking some time off the clock. So that's got to change, obviously. It was frustrating for them and the coaching staff. So when you look at a game, when you look at a Navy-Memphis game, or a Navy versus anybody, but let's talk specifically about Navy and Memphis. Um, when you look at a Navy and Memphis game, at the end of the day, when you look at the 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 game the game box score that comes our way at the end of, at the end of the day, what is it that you're looking for? If you if there's one stat, if there's one theme or thread that you see that shows you like, Hey, this has been a good game for Navy or this has been a tough game for Navy against Memphis. What is, what is that one thing you're looking for? I mean, a lot of times it's time of possession. I mean, that's to me what Navy specializes in because that feeds into a lot of other areas. I remember the first game we were down there. um, You you know, it was a Saturday, Saturday night game. uh, 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 um, And I remember some of the Memphis people in the press box going like, wow, you guys really, you know, I'm going to get home. Usually our games are four and a half hours, but, uh, you know, you guys play fast. I'm going to actually get home before, uh, you know, midnight tonight. And I I think that's part of it. I think time of possession, obviously turnovers in any football game. I don't, you know, it doesn't really matter who's playing. If you turn the ball over, you're not going to have a ton of success. But I look at, I look at time of possession. And the other thing that I think is important is explosive plays. When this offense is rolling, when Navy's offense is rolling, yeah, a lot of it is three yards and a cloud of dust. There's no doubt about it. But they have to be able to pick up chunk yardage because it's just really tough going down the field to get three yards, four yards. Then you're third and three all the time. And then you got to get three. And then, so you got to have some, uh, uh, you know, you have to have some chunk plays that are mixed in there. So I look at, I look at time possession and I look a lot of times at explosive plays because if you get, four or five of those and you add on to what they can do possessing the ball that's the perfect mix for me that was one of the most frustrating things as a as someone who covers memphis um when malcolm perry played for navy was that he had that (laughs) that ability right he had that three yards and a cloud of dust but then all of a sudden he would throw a a bomb over the middle and you know uh, just a fantastic fantastic player um, the quarterback now, Ty, uh, does he have that same ability to to bomb down the field as well as the three yards and a cloud of dust? I, I think they, they think he can actually throw the ball a little bit better than Malcolm. What it, What is missing is there is some of that explosive plays running the football. I mean, this is – I always go back to this for Malcolm. He had 26 explosive runs in 2019, which is almost double any other quarterback that has played at Navy, you know, keeping that stat over the last 10 or 15 years. And the last two years, the quarterbacks combined for five explosive runs. Um, so that kind of tells you the difference that Malcolm was able to that present to defense is that ability to make plays running the football. And I think Ty does a really good job of throwing the football. And the, the offensive line gave him good pocket. There was times this year. It, it's just, the, I think, 
what you're looking with Ty at quarterback is you're looking for the other players, the slot backs, the fullbacks, to have more of the explosive runs. Now, Ty's going to break one every now and then, and that's part of the offense. But I think they really expect more of the slot backs and the fullbacks to pick up that pace as far as explosive runs. So that's the difference between the two quarterbacks. But Ty you know, came from a spread offense in high school. He's comfortable throwing the football. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think you might see them try to mix that in a little bit more on Saturday, a little bit early on the contest um, this week. But, you know, we'll see. But Ty can definitely throw it. When you have a quarterback like Ty Lavate who can throw the ball and, you know, obviously, you know, with a young um, backfield, you know, trying to learn on the fly how to play with each other, do you – how how important is this triple triple threat triple read? I know it's the I know it's the the backbone of the Navy offense, but does Coach Niamatololo does he ever think about changing up the game plan and throwing more, or is he just we are going to stay within ourselves and do what we do? Yeah, I mean I've asked this many times. They don't script plays. They they kind of they work off what the defense is doing more or less. So like Delaware early in the game last week, you know, basically for a lot, they had nine guys in the box. So they tried to open things up a little bit. So it's not, I I think they've dabbled in a couple of years ago. They brought in a a new uh, coach to try to spread things out a little bit and do some different things, Uh, but they still are bread and butter what they do best. And that's running the football. So that's, that's still their number one goal. And they don't try to stray away from it. But if teams are giving them a pass, they're certainly trying to try to take advantage of it. So, obviously, this week one did not go well for either team. Um, obviously, Navy lost to Delaware. Memphis went to Mississippi State. And just – it was a, it was a rough, rough week for both teams. Um, how important is this game for both uh, – for Navy in particular? I, I think – you know, Memphis fans and Memphis media has already, you know, said, man, this Navy game is an absolute must win for the Tigers. How do you see everybody viewing this this game on the Navy side of it against Memphis? No, it's it's pretty, uh, you know, it, it's up there. I mean, I think uh, after losing to Delaware to try to sort of rectify, you know, you know, you always have the same conversation after a game like that. It's like, Everything that we still want to accomplish is still all in front of us. You know, compete in the conference, win the Commander-in-Chief's trophy. But I think to sort of wipe away that game is almost more important than winning it. Like, you like you want to win the game, but you also want to sort of get that bad taste out of your mouth, which I think is, is important as well. So I think from that perspective, it's huge for them. And when you look at their schedule, it's going to get harder as the season goes along. I mean, I think more than anything, they wanted to get off to a good start because the last couple of years they've really struggled in the part, the opening part of the season, and that's a that's a big part of what they're doing. So I, I think it's huge for them. Um, obviously, um, look, you want to get your first win of the season. Um, I don't think they really call things must-win games outside of Army right. <laughs> and Air Force, uh, but um, it, it's pretty up there for me as you look at this game and how this season plays out, what you're trying to accomplish. So overall, what are your expectations for the game? Um, I, not a prediction really per se, but but what are your sure. expectations for um, Saturday Memphis versus Navy? I expect, look, the, the games in Annapolis have been pretty crazy. Um, you know, there's a couple times where they were going up and down the field, but we were able to hold them to field goals that kept games close, and then we were able to nick it at the end. And I think I'm really, what I'm more interested in, last year I thought, 
Hennigan, the quarterback in Memphis, was played as well as I've seen any quarterback play against us in a while. I thought he was fantastic that game. So I think it's really going to be a matchup of defensively what they try to do against him to confuse him and do different things. I, I thought the – I know it came later in the game, but I thought the transfer from Northern Illinois, the running back there, looked really good. So, um, you know, stopping that running attack, limiting the big plays is always, it seems like, to Memphis, to me, the big issue. I mean, you guys have had so many big-time playmakers there. It seems like – especially special teams. I mean, there's been – especially in Memphis, there's a couple times where kick returns – really change the game, change the dynamic of the game. So you got to avoid those big plays. Um, I think Navy's going to go back to what they've done and try to run the football and be aggressive that way. And I think they'll have some success doing that. Um, obviously, you can't turn the ball over. Uh, and you gotta, you got to get to Hennigan a little bit. I, I thought he was tremendous last year against us. And um, I think that's going to be the key defensively. I, I feel like it's going to be a low-scoring game, though. I don't feel like it's going to be a high-scoring, you know, type 38, 31 type game. I think it's going to be sort of like it was a couple of years ago, you know, 22, 21 type sort of game. And in those situations, in those games, um, you know, turnovers and the little things kind of matter. Most one thing to watch this week for Navy, their kicker missed last week with an injury. Um, and Bijan Nichols, who was their starting kickers, their senior captain, one of the best kickers in Navy history. So if he's healthy, I think that would be big because I think this is going to be sort of, that type of game where there's, you know, you know, a point here, a point there, and field goals and field position is going to matter big in this contest. Joe, thank you so much for joining me, man. I really appreciate it taking your time during this day. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to this game on Saturday. Kenny, I, I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Behind Enemy Lines. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in content all about the University of Memphis Tiger Athletics, hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Also, you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for our VIP membership. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go. Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Rated PG 13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.